Hey everybody, this is Mark Kumar and welcome to my podcast and I'm really excited about this this particular guest because he's a dear friend named Rockwell and also he's a CFO of a great company called SWATCAST and he's going to be sharing a lot of secret tips and tools and techniques that you can utilize in your podcast business that will up your game to the next level. For example, if you need help in promoting your podcast, how you could do that, you're going to be learning in this podcast. And also, it's going to be sharing a really amazing, awesome platform that will allow you to up your podcasting game to the next level in no time. Why? You might be wondering, or how is that possible? Simple, because it's going to share a platform in which you don't have to install any software on your computer or if you are having a host that you're going to interview they don't have to uh, install any software which makes a life whole lot easier trust me speaking from a personal experience if you can interview somebody that they don't have to install anything it will make your life whole lot easier if you ever been in a situation this is the podcast you want to listen to so without any further ado i welcome Rockwell. So can you tell me just a little bit about yourself, like how you got involved in the whole uh, SWATCAST crowd and then obviously you were part of the CFO and all that stuff. So I think you have like a little backstory on it. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my background is, so I mean, I can go, you know, all the way back that um, my co-founder, Zach, who's the CEO of the company, him and I have been friends for over 10 years. So I've known him since he was like 13 and I'm a, I'm a couple years older than him. Um, but he was like the little brother of one of my good friends, Vince. Okay. Um, and, but Zach and Vince are like very close. And so Zach was always hanging around Vince. And so he was kind of known as little brother. And then, you know, it just became, he became Zach after a little while because he was just started becoming one of our friends. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, so apparently Zach reminded me of this, but apparently I introduced him to podcasting and that might've been like in 2000 eight something like that and uh fast forward a little bit him and i go our separate ways as far as college and and our own careers my career was uh in the accounting finance field his was in the software development field um and so you know we always definitely kept in touch but you know as as you know tends to happen we kind of went our separate ways but he had always uh done very impressive things and and had always kicked around ideas about a startup and when he, he would ask me about it, and I used to think he was only getting like my, uh, just my, my perspective, you know, given my background in accounting and business. Um, but I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, I hope that one day he, uh, you know, he, he asked me to be a part of that. Like, I know he's, he's, he's a smart dude and can do some, some cool stuff. So if I can be a part of that one day, that'd be awesome. And then uh, he basically pitched me the idea of what Squadcast was one day. And um, I had already been kind of preparing myself to like do something uh leave the corporate uh job that i had uh as a cpa working at an accounting firm which was a very good cushy job nice salary benefits all that um good work experience um you know but like uh, it was just like oh podcasting i love podcasting let me look into this and see what the opportunity is here almost kind of try to disprove what he uh had brought to the table as far as like this remote recording solution that, you know, you didn't have to sacrifice quality and it could be super easy for people to use. Um, so I looked it up and was like, Hey man, I actually think there's something here. Um, 
and you know people were using uh, Skype at the time was seemed to be the most popular and just like not very happy with it but just kind of accepting it for it what it is and just you know doing whatever they could to to record the best sounding audio and just kind of accepting it the way it came out and so yeah we just you know started about three years ago and it's been it's been working out pretty well I mean I think we were lucky to find find a, a focus on a niche that really hadn't been met yet but was like really needed and it just seems like it's uh and also it's like podcasting's doing well and, and and exploding with growth in the listenership and so you know more people are trying to create podcasts and also i think more people are comfortable with the uh idea of collaborating remotely so i think the the intersection of those two gaining traction and popularity is is why we've done so well uh, question that I have for you, like when you first heard of this whole podcasting thing prior to your plan introducing it, did you know anything about podcasting or just kind of he introduced you then you did your research or how did that come about going? Yeah, that's uh, so I knew about podcasting from the listener's perspective. Like I, I said, I was always a fan of podcasting. So like doing a business that was that's in podcasting was it wasn't it wasn't a hard thing for me to get passionate about because I'd always uh, I'd listened to podcasts for over 10 years and had been around enough people that that listen to podcasts that and it, it always seemed like people were like you know we should start a podcast or you should start a podcast. I just heard so many people say that so many times that when Zach brought this idea of like how to make it easier to record a podcast remotely, it was kind of like, oh well, we're just enabling that to be easier for people all around the world. So um, yeah, so so I but no, I didn't have any experience like behind the mic, so to speak. Okay. Um, that's really how the idea for Squadcast did come about is Zach wanted to, cre wanted to create a science fiction podcast with his brother and a few friends. They ran into trouble because they were all remote scattered across California. Right. And then, so that's when Zach had the idea. There's got to be a better, easier way. Maybe, maybe I can use my web development background to, to build that. And then that's when he brought me into the, the table was like, hey, what do you think about from a business? Is there a business opportunity here? And then once, and then that's when I got involved. That that is a really good question because if you talk about our like business opportunity wise, because people who are like the some of my listeners, they're entrepreneurs and small business owner, and the, one of the feedbacks that I get from at least from small business owners, like I don't know if I should start a podcast for one. And from your uh, background, can you talk a little about like why should a business owner start a podcast, or what are the benefits? Yeah, well, I think it's a um, a really good way to get your message out there and show your personality, show what's different about you. It's a great way to like gain trust with an audience that you're trying to uh, you know get influence over, uh, because podcasting and the relationship you develop with your audience is really intimate. I mean, you're literally speaking into their ear. So as long as you're giving them something valuable, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an ad for your business the entire time. Maybe it's just, so like for instance, um, one of the podcasts that um, was at the local podcast meetup, uh, they, they do this hot seat feature where they review a, a podcast at this meetup I attend in San Francisco. And their, their business is all, of, it's a husband and wife and their business is all about helping companies communicate better. So their podcast is about communication techniques and it's like a 10 minute podcast. I think it's called like business snacks or snacks communication or something like that so it's like you know 15 minute seven minute episodes but it's all about you know basically stuff that they do but it's a nice way uh, for people to 
kind of already get exposed to them, gain a little bit trust and get to know them better. So by the, and then they say, Hey, you know what? I actually need this for my business. Let me call. Um, can't remember their names right now, but you know, let me call them because I already know that, that they they're established in the space. So, you know, and it works for so many different people. I mean, we have people, um, you know, we have dentists and lawyers and accountants using Squadcast. Um, so uh, real estate folks. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great way to build, build that um, relationship with your audience that, you know, I think is very unique. I mean, you can do it on so many other things like Twitter and YouTube and stuff like that. But, right. you know, with podcasting, you're like, you're, you're talking right into their ear. So that, that for some reason seems to, to have build a special bond. That is absolutely right. And one of the things that I really truly love about your platform is the fact that no one has to download anything. They just get this URL and off they go, which is wonderful. So can you talk about like, how did you go about like separating yourself from the other competitors? Like I'm not even going to name any though, because I think you guys are great in this podcasting post. <laughs> so how did you like go about like, okay, if we add that feature for our ideal client where they don't have to download anything, you just get a URL, get a mic and off you go. How did that concept come about? Well, well, thank you for saying that. And it's, you know, it's definitely been uh, a long road getting there. Um, but yeah, I think really it's, uh, and it, it's kind of a follow-up answer to the question you asked earlier. It's really that because we were somewhat outsiders to the podcaster experience, we did ourselves our, the best to immerse ourselves around other podcasters to listen and learn from them and really understand what they were struggling with so that we can deliver an experience that was easy for them. And they, what they were saying, the, the hurdles were for them is that their guests are often not they're not podcasters. They may not even be like comfortable with technology, especially new technology. So their main goal was to make it extremely easy on them. One of our mentors in it, um, is Harry Duran from Podcast Junkies. Okay. And he's always preaching like, treat your guests like gold, you know, do all these things to put the spotlight on them and make it easy for them. And one of the beautiful things about our app Squadcast is that it's where the magic happens. It's where you're going to have a great conversation and capture that conversation in high quality audio with somebody. But the downside is if it doesn't work, you know, that's, it could be a disaster. So we had to make sure that um, we're onboarding and, and bringing these people that are, you know, new to the app, possibly new to recording audio. Um, we needed to bring them in gracefully and make it a very easy one click experience. And so, yeah, that was, we didn't want them having to install or download anything, create an account. That was just all just barriers uh, for, you know, getting the the podcaster to, to use Squadcast because, you know, they're buying, they're making the purchase with their guests, their guests intentions in mind. Right. Um, and then the addition with us is we also say, well, think about it for your guests. We definitely agree with that. But then also think about your listeners because your listeners have to listen to this end product. So if they're going to hear that, you know, not a not good sounding audio, it's, it could be, you know, disruptive or disturbing. So that's the other uh, consideration that we're always thinking about. We try to aim. We, we're pretty much trying to please uh, three different parties, the, the, ho the podcast host themselves, their guest or co-host, and then the listener. So talk about it. That's great. Just can you tell a little more in depth into it? All those three different things, the podcast and the host and the listeners, 
how did you come about creating a strategy that covers all of that? Meaning, I'm sure there's going to be some technical challenges, right? Because we are sure. using uh, uh, whatever platform we're using, like, for example, Google Chrome and Firefox or Internet Explorer or whatever the case might be. So how did you go about like saying, no matter which Internet Explorer browser or any of the platform you're using, you can still use Squadcast. It's so awesome. So how did you make that Squadcast? that be like awesome right here. So it works across the board, no matter where they're using it. Yeah, well, that, that can, that's actually kind of what makes it tough um, is that we have to, we had to figure out a way so that it can play nicely with Google Chrome, with Firefox. Uh, it's working on Microsoft Edge now, thankfully. And right. we're uh, still, we're still waiting on Apple to make a few little changes so that it works on Safari, but uh, hopefully soon enough. By the time this recording hits, you know, it'll be working on Safari. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's why we, uh, it is a browser-based uh, web application because um, that's the way that we can get it so that people just have to click a link and then boom, they're in there. If there was like a desktop app, they'd have to create, they'd have to sign in, create an account or, or download that app. So yeah, uh, even though we could maybe control the app more if it was downloadable, it, it was really all, we understood that our uh, customers wanted it to be as easy as possible for their guests to join um, and then still be, still be reliable. That was the other downside of uh, the remote recording experience prior to Scott Squadcast was people would jump on these, these uh, recording sessions, these virtual recording sessions, if you will. And there was a lot of anxiety and, and uncertainty of, you know, is this even going to sound good? Is it, you know, am I actually going to get this, this audio file? It's, it's not easy to record high quality audio from, you know, when, to, when participants are all, all over the world. Um, so, so, you know, and so a lot of people have unfortunately had some really bad experiences and, uh, you know, we're just listening and learning from that so that, uh, you know, we can, if there is some failure in the network, we at least got your back. Um, in that way. Um, but, you know, while everything is working, this is a, a, a experience that's been tailor made to record high quality audio for the purpose of being consumed later by uh, listeners. And, you know, I just want to say that to you because I think, for number one, I think your Squadcast company is great and uh, all the other people that I have dealt with, and I mean that, like, honestly, genuinely mean that. Everybody who I have talked to on Facebook groups or Facebook fan pages, some of the people that I know, like, this is great because it's a one-stop shop and we don't have to install it. It makes it easier for us. We could be on our cell phone or we could be on our desk phone, we can still use it. And for us, it's great. And people who are, like you said, who are, we are interviewing, they may not be professional podcasters, so it becomes an easier for me. Just wanna say that out there because it's really, truly a nice platform. So- Thank you. <laughs> and uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you, like some of the questions that I, I have uh, when I went and asked other people about it, like how do you go about getting the greatest sound quality from for your podcast, uh, all the people that you may have dealt with, your all your clients, your paying clients. What were some of the feedback like? That? If I'm sure they may have asked for like, hey, how do I get a better quality? Even though I'm getting a great quality for Tom uh, from your platform, how do I get a better one? Because obviously we want to do better, better, better. Is there anything you could suggest, like in terms of better mic or better or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, we, we definitely are proud of what we've built with Squadcast and the sound quality that, that it, it can deliver. But you're absolutely right. There's there's a lot more that you can do to, to improve your sound quality. And honestly, it's it's not too difficult. A lot of it is outside of the software and hardware. Yes, getting a, a mic is, is important. 
the microphone I'm using right now is a dynamic microphone by Audio Technica. It's called an ATR2100. Okay. Um, so I definitely recommend getting a dynamic microphone for podcasting because it's just better for capturing like what's spoken directly into it. And it's not going to capture a lot of outside things as much as some other microphones would. Okay. So um, my, my advice is to, my personal advice is just to keep it simple. Um, I mean, you can go totally crazy with the gear if you want, but if, you know, if it is, you know, if you're worried about spending money, there are uh, low cost ways to, to get enough gear and still sound good. And so getting a dynamic microphone like the ATR2100 is definitely good. But in addition to that, just like microphone technique is a huge thing that a lot of people and including myself didn't realize until I started getting behind the mic more. So, you know, getting, uh, speaking, uh, basically like a, a fist, fist distance away from the mic is where you want to speak into. And then just be mindful of like, uh, if you notice I'm not moving around a whole lot, even though the microphone is in my hand, I used to move around all the time and be really animated. And now I still try to have that animation in my voice, but not move my, my arm so much. Or you can get a, a, you know, like a boom arm to keep it stationary. But yeah, get yourself in a nice, comfortable space and, you know, try to, you know, you want to be comfortable because you want it to, you want to sound comfortable. You want to sound like you're having a good time. I'm hoping you are having a good time. Right. Um, podcasting should be fun, right? But um, yeah, just, just being mindful of my technique is, is a, a thing that can do huge wonders for your audio quality. Uh, additionally, room treatment. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely ways where you can, um, kind of, uh, organize your, a room that you're recording in to soundproof it a little bit and, and really do that. But I think just, uh, you know, doing stuff where, you know, you're not in a, a really noisy area, you're not recording next to your refrigerator. That's making noise, uh, put the dogs away, ask the kids to be quiet type deal. Um, you know, little stuff like that will, will do tremendous wonders as well. Um, so those are honestly like two of the biggest ones are uh, room treatment and mic technique, in addition to having a, a decent microphone and using some, some software like Squadcast. Okay. And one other question, obviously, we're having an interview. I'm asking a question. <laughs> I should stop saying another question. Another question that becomes so repetitive. But yeah. ha has there ever been a customer that you have that when they first asked the question to you guys and in their mind, like, oh, my God, I don't think they could do it. And when you guys did it, they were like so pleased. Is there has there been a situation like that? Yeah, that's that's actually funny you bring that up because it's something that um, it's kind of something that we've just have built into the the product development and really story development of Squadcast is really like because we've uh, been so um, I mean we've just we've been really engaging with our customers since day one um, and so. Yes, like there's been a ton of feedback. And so we've just incorporated that feedback into our product development. So like whenever we release product developments, we always credit the podcaster who uh, that came from or or maybe it maybe it came from a few. That's usually it's usually like not just one person, but like, you know, three or four or, you know, there's only been a few times where it's like only one. The, the first person was like, oh, this is a no brainer. Let's just make this update now. Usually it's like okay, we're seeing a lot of consistent feedback here. This is time to address it. Uh, but what we do is, is when we, we celebrate it and we bring them, we, we give them credit, uh, usually highlight them, their podcast, and use it as part of our like uh, announcements of a product update saying, you know, hey, so-and-so helped us with this. This is what they said before. And then we get feedback from them after and kind of just 
just included in the story. I mean, we're really grateful to, um, you know, have people that, that are giving us a chance and were using us even after they've been burned by other, other companies. Um, you know, so we, we don't take that lightly and, and, uh, you know, especially from these people that were believing in us since the early days. So, right. you know, it, 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 it was something that we figured out is like, Oh, you know, some of our biggest critics actually are our biggest fans. And once we make them happy, we made them, you know, fans for life. So, um, so just giving them a little bit credit and just kind of, again, trying to make it all about them. And, and, you know, we we're also very fortunate to be serving people that talk for a living, <laughs> you know, all these podcasters are comfortable talking, they're comfortable with technology. So find a way to get a hold of us and let us know. So we just try to just, just try to shut up and listen. And, you know, we're not going to just build everything that everybody wants, but, you know, we kind of just, we get a good sense of it and, and, and do our best to to get what we think is, uh, you know, going to please the most people and make the most sense for, for, you know, what technology avails, uh, allows us to do. Awesome. That, that is a really good way to run a company. And I'm like, wow, amazed by it. On a, on a personal note, uh, what advice would you give a small business owner or a entrepreneur who is just starting out? Like I'm a level zero. I have an idea but what can I do to execute it to get to level 10? Is there anything you can shed upon that? That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if, you're, if you are wanting to start and haven't started yet, yeah. the best thing you can do is start because um, you're never going to be ready and you're never going to really know what it, it, what it takes to get there until you start doing it. And it's... Um, you know, it's never going to be perfect and it's never going to be easy, but I mean, just getting started. And I say that to the podcasters too, like just start your show. Episode one is not going to be, you're not going to be very happy with episode one, especially when you get to episode 50, but you shouldn't be either. You would hope that by episode 50, you really got it together. And so I think running a business is very similar. Like just like, you know, Zach and I just starting on this was like, a huge thing because like our original idea and our original vision was Squadcast. Yeah, some of it was there, but a lot of it's been really refined and developed after making commitment and actually starting to, you know, make it something. So yeah, my best advice would be to start, but then also if you have started, um, you know, get a team. Uh, we're really lucky to have a team of five that have, uh, you know, that we can really trust. Trust is a huge thing. So you know, I, I know that um, I'm really blessed to have a co-founder that, you know, at bare minimum, I knew that loyalty was a strong suit of his. And um, his brother works with us too, like I said, who was my friend. And so like, I was never really, I was like, at the worst case, I know I'm not going to be screwed over with these guys. Like, that's like, I know that's not going to happen. Maybe we, Maybe we're not talented enough. Maybe we're not smart enough. But at least I'm not going to, at least I know I can, if we do go down, it's because someone was either better or we weren't good enough. And I could live with that. So like finding a team that you can trust is, is huge because it's, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be, you know, days where you really doubt what you're doing yourself. Maybe you doubt your team. And, um, but like now that we've kind of come through those dark days and I'm sure, you know, we, we have some more ahead of us, but. You know, it's been it's been really good to see um, all of us develop over these last three years, and like now we're kind of got a little system and a little flow, and you know our 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 content production schedule is starting to have a little system and start. Everyone knows their roles and stuff like that. 
you can just see everyone's contributions throughout the whole whole product and whole process. It's like really special to to look back on, you know, three years now and be like, okay, this is actually something. And, and you, but we couldn't have done it without a team. Like as much as uh, Zach and I are, you know, running this thing day to day, you know, we, we have a team that it, we couldn't have done it without. So I, I would definitely say finding the team and it's so hard, man. That's one of the things uh, that I've encountered. I encountered a lot of solo, solo founders and, you know, God bless him for, for that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it can be difficult. Right. That, you know, that's a great point you brought up because like when you have the dark days, whatever, and then I myself and other people who will run the solopreneurs, like what better word, they run it. So any advice you can give them when they are feeling down, how can they pick themselves up? And like, hey, I'm going to make it. Something's going to happen. I'm going to figure this thing out and I'm going to make it. But when you were here, I don't like a level to say negative 500 because someone has been there and then what advice would you give them to say keep moving forward yeah so um well i would just say you'd be surprised to see what happens if you give yourself a chance i think that's the that's the thing that i've been seeing with so many of my friends that just uh that are just like zach and me where we just said you know what like this the the corporate job route looks you know, it's a good life and, and, you know, we're proud of that accomplishment, but like, why not just give myself a chance and see what happens and just, just believe if you, if you already have the, the, the gumption, the belief to be a solopreneur to begin with, you already are starting in a good place. I feel like you're already probably a pretty, um, you know, you're a brave person. I would say that's not like, that's a brave endeavor to, to do. And so I think you already got a lot of st good stuff going for you. So maybe just finding, uh, it can be a lonely game though. So maybe, you know, if you don't have like a co-founder, maybe you have a support group or some kind of mastermind that you can lean on. Okay. Cause I think that's th that maybe that's the good thing. It's like, you know, having someone to go through this journey on it, it, can, it it's, it's hard to, you know, express what you're going through, uh, to people that don't know. So like, I find it, it is hard for me to, communicate what's going on to to my family or even my girlfriend sometimes even though she's with me like every step of the way but like right. have, you know being able to talk it out with other founders like even if you're just meeting for the first time like we you know we go to certain networking events and you're just like wow it's really neat to like talk to our people I mean my job mostly I'm talking to podcasters all day which is great you know but like I still need that peer time it's still different when you're when you're as much as I love talking to podcasters like you know, uh, to get to kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, discuss more, more stuff that I'm going through at a ground level as a founder, like having other people to lean on, I think is really helpful. Okay, great. That's awesome. And, uh, if you were to give advice to a podcaster who started out doing great and then he runs out of idea of creating content, what advice would you give that person? Like, how do you go about creating new, exciting content that your listener is going to listen to it if that person doesn't have a very huge listener base? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what topic you chose um, because chances are if you choose the right topic, uh, the content should just be out there for you. So, like, you know, if you have a podcast that addresses a certain thing, chances are there's other places you can go to to see what where people are talking about that thing and a lot of times you know like a facebook group for instance so you go to a facebook group about you know cars or something like that and 
see what people are talking about and then just, you know, make a podcast on that, you know, see what people in your audience are, what, what their biggest challenges are, what their biggest interests are, what's the latest and greatest news or developments and stuff like that. And, and really just turn that into content. So like, for instance, for us, we like to shoot um, like how to videos um, for, for Squadcast, like how to be a better podcaster essentially. So the ideas that we generate for that, because there's so many people uh, coming into podcasting now, and um, again, these people are are usually pretty vocal. It's it's not hard for us to to see what what they're what kind of questions they're asking in different Facebook groups and what kind of struggles they're encountering. So usually, we'll just create a video on um, on on you know in our response to to those types of questions. So for example, a lot of people in an interview struggle with um, they like will read off a script and and be very structured and you can kind of hear that in the actual podcast and it can, you know, it's not, it's usually pretty dry and not very engaging. And, and again, you know, like podcasting is special because you're in that person's ear. So like if you're just reading to them, that's not going to have that impact. You're really missing out on that opportunity. And so uh, one of our advices uh, advice, cause people on these Facebook groups were like, Hey, I, I want to do an outline cause I want to make sure I hit these certain points, but I find myself coming across too dry. But if I don't have a script, then then I get off topic. And so our video was, well, just have an outline, but don't ha- don't be so strict. Give yourself opportunity to be flexible. But you know, you should definitely still, if if you feel that way, you should definitely still have some type of outline to make sure you hit those points. But do allow yourself to have that flexibility to, uh, you know, be a little bit more, um, you know, ad hoc with the, with the conversation as it develops. So I mean, so if you have a pretty engaged uh, topic and audience, um, you know, as long as you're willing to, to dig on the web, it should be out there. Okay. Well, how would you advise somebody like speaking on the same, uh, train of thought or like podcasting Why is there a, a better or a best way that you know, because you guys are dealing with podcasters all day long that some of their customers may have suggested like, Hey, I'm doing this and this works great. And then far as promoting your podcast, what is the best ways or channels to go from the podcast to get more listeners? Yeah, so I think um, one of the, the ways that I've found uh, to be a really good way to generate is just find um, find like podcasts that are in like a similar group or kind of there's a related group that, that fits with your what your topic or audience okay. so that you're a good fit for, for their show and maybe their audience would be interested in, in checking out your show. And, you know, you, all you really got to do is just kind of show up and then the podcaster, they take all care of all the production. And, you know, you, you know, I would suggest doing some work on the promotion side when that episode releases. But, um, you know, as far as like labor intensive, that one usually doesn't take too much other than just showing up for the show and then making sure that you do the promotion on, on your end as well. Um, another thing is just like, you know, podcasting, again, it's, it's very much like a business. So there's a lot of similar activities, like, uh, an email list can be very beneficial. Um, you know, email has been still a very powerful way for us to engage and, and, and learn and, and talk with our audience. So, you know, don't, don't underestimate email, even though it's, you know, somewhat of an old communication, it's still very, very powerful. Um, but, you know, I would say maybe just focus on, uh, don't try to do it all at once. Don't try to be on every social platform and email all at once. That's really difficult. 
I think being consistent is probably the best thing you can do. Being consistent and patient with a podcast is probably the best thing you can do. It seems to really reward people that are sticking it out and really developing their craft and really in it for the long run because it is a grind when you're first starting out, but that's just how a business is too. You know, it took us three years before we just started getting, you know, noticed by people. So, you know, it, it, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, other podcasts took about the same amount of time. I know some podcasters like um, Drew Ackerman from the sleep with me podcast, which is a podcast about helping people go to sleep. Like his podcast is designed to be so boring that it puts you to sleep. And that's, I love it, but you know, it took him two, three years to, to really get it down. And now he's making, you know, full-time income off of that. Um, so it just, it just took time um, and, and really being dedicated to it. But yeah. So if you can get on some kind of consistent regular schedule and, you know, just be patient and build that audience and start to engage with them in other fun ways, such as email or social, um, you'll, you'll be all right. All right. Awesome. So after, let's say, I create a podcast, I create a content, I promoted it, and obviously everybody who starts a podcast, the end game is to make money, which makes sense because everybody has bills, they want to pay and all that stuff. So let's just say if I want to get sponsors to somebody else, Somebody else sponsored me. Is there a time limit that I should wait to say, wait five, I don't know, five, six episodes into it or six months into it or a year into it, then go look for a sponsor? Or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I think, um, I, I definitely think there's nothing wrong with wanting to get paid from your podcast. I think the the, the, the common hangup for most podcasters that, that we're seeing is, um, trying to get paid directly from the podcast. And, and like you're saying, you know, ad revenue is certainly a way to do that. And there's definitely plenty of examples of podcasters who are doing it successfully. However, I think the real benefit of the podcast is really, it comes in an indirect way. It's either you're building authority. So if you're doing it for your business, that's probably really a better way to go about it is not really get ad revenue from have the podcast pay for itself in ad revenue, but really just developing that authority, building relationships, and then having, you know, those, when you get new clients or new customers or whatever, and asking them, how did you hear about me? You'll, you know, and then you hear, Oh, the podcast, that's when you know you're on the right track where getting ad revenue, I think um, companies usually, they want like 5,000 downloads an episode on average. They want to see that before they start getting ads with you. And then I think it's like, you know, maybe 20, 25 bucks per 1000 listens that they, that the rates that they go. So it's, you know, it could, I mean, it adds up for someone like Joe Rogan, like he's making a ton of money because they know they're going to be millions of downloads every episode. And, you know, he's built up this huge audience. So, but you know, for, for most podcasters, I, I just don't think that making a ton of money through ad revenue is realistic, but if that doesn't matter if you build the right audience you can really get a group that is gonna you know really be engaged and and they will spend money because uh you built up that trust with them and a good example is uh uh the a bar above podcast okay. so it's a uh, it's a podcast about like um like bartending but like you know high-end bartending not just like making a gin and tonic but like making like specialty cocktails type deal yeah, this is like profession, professional bartenders. And what they do is that they make uh, 
products for bartenders. They make high end bartending products. And the podcast is like a way to help bartenders, you know, hone their craft. But then they also have been really successful at selling these, these uh, bartending tools uh, because they have the podcast and built this huge brand behind it. So, you know, I think that's a really good way and a good example of how podcasting can help you do your business. They're not really making money directly from the podcast. They actually were, they were um, alcohol brands were, were advertising on the podcast. And then they just found that it was too difficult dealing with the advertisers. And it was uh, really, the, the advertisers were really getting involved with the creative process and so they just found it was easier to find other ways to make money and not have to deal with that advertising thing. So, you know, I'm not against it, but I just don't think it should be always option number one. Uh, you know, you got companies like Patreon now who are helping independent creators get paid. Um, that's really big in podcasting. So like uh, another lady in the Bay Area out here, her name is uh, Jen Briney. She has the Congressional Dish podcast. She is completely, uh, you know, funded by her audience. So she just asked, please donate whatever you can. Here's the donate button. I accept, you know, pretty much all methods of payment. And, you know, that she has a, a livable income off of that because she's basically reading uh, bills that are passed in the U.S. and kind of decoding it to, you know, regular people like us so that we can understand what bills are going through Congress. And because it's such valuable information, people are, are paying her for it. And she you know, feels like it's important to not take ads given the topic that she's talking about. And she just doesn't want to have to deal with any of that stuff and have the people in that creative process. But, you know, it's a completely funded show by her audience. Like, I think that's awesome. You know, so there, that's what's so beautiful about podcasting is, you know, we're kind of, we're still writing the book on how to do it. Right. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I never even thought about like having are my listeners donated to what I'm doing and then they can sometimes obviously donate as little as a dollar or as high as like $200 depending on you know person's food whatever but that's that's a great suggestion I haven't even thought about that um, yeah yeah there's there's people out there man I mean it, it's it's blown me away about you know what people are willing to do for if you know you're doing something if you're doing good work you know people will will, will hear about you Awesome, man. Let's switch a gear a little bit on the personal side. Let's just say sure. where, where you are now and you go back, let's say five years backward, what advice would you give yourself to say, hey, if you want to get to where I am five years ahead, this is what you do and you're going to get there faster? Mm, I love that. I love that. I mean, I don't know. Some, some things just take time. <laughs> right. So, so, uh, so maybe just like I would ask myself to be easier on myself that, you know, just like the advice I gave to, you know, a, a, a podcaster, like staying patient, staying consistent. Don't worry about, you know, what so-and-so is doing or, or whatever. Like, you know, a lot of this is just kind of, you know, like maybe that's what I would say is, is stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and just kind of, you know, listen to them, you know, it's good to have mentors and listen to people and get guidance. And, you know, I definitely am big on like learning from, from other people, but, you know, sometimes you just are going to have to figure out your, your own way and your own flavor and that, like, you know, just what worked for somebody else is, is not going to be what worked for me and just learning how, you know, everyone's journey and situation is different. So don't be so wrapped up and like, trying to mimic what other people are doing just because I aspire to be like them. I think I got a little bit too wrapped up in that and felt like, 
you know, maybe I wasn't developing fast enough or the company wasn't developing fast enough because it wasn't like what I thought we should be like. And, you know, it turns out that, you know, uh, it wasn't okay. And I think just the, the game for a startup founder is like, you're just always dealing with uncertainty. You're always dealing with imperfection. You always want more, uh, than what you have. So, uh, you know, whether it's more customers, more money, more employees to help you out. Like, I mean, you know, it's just, there's always, there's always work to be done. And that's kind of the, the beauty of it. So just, you know, I think I would have just like, you know, just slow your heart rate down a little bit, breathe a little bit more. It's all good. Like, you know, you got this, just keep believing in yourself. Awesome. And is there anything that you would like to share with your audience that you think based on your experience up until now, that would be valuable, anything at all? Man, um, I think for us, one thing that's really worked is uh, having good advisors. Um, we were very, and what I mean by advisor is just someone who is, you know, it could be formal or informal, but someone that's basically uh, committed to helping you out at, at some aspect in your, your, you know, professional or entrepreneurial journey. And so I mentioned him before, Harry Duran, he was our first uh, official advisor. And, um, you know, we were still much an idea. We had a little bit working MVP of, of, of excuse me, Squadcast working. And so it was enough to like, for him to see what it could be. But, you know, for, for to have someone that, you know, we put ourselves out there um and for someone to like kind of see okay i can see this being something he's really like been so instrumental in helping us kind of uh really get inside perspective of what the podcaster needs and so he was almost like our, our avatar that we built the product for and so i'm not saying you should do that every time but just finding good people that that i mean that's what really helped us skip ahead i think is like finding someone that knew what the the industry needed and just kind of working with them directly to help build that. I think that really helped us out. And it's been a model that we've just replicated. We found other advisors who fit other needs that can help us grow the business the way that we want. So I'm big on advisors. Speaking of the avatar, which is a great uh, point actually, who would be the ideal avatar for SWATcast? Just curious that you'd be like, if I have these kind of people who truly love us and we love them and we're happy, yeah, so um, it's a lot of people that it sounds like your audience, you know, people that are creators, founders, entrepreneurs um, that want to just tell their story, grow their authority, connect and have great conversations with, with people from anywhere in the world and that they really do care about their quality. So, um, you know, it, it's we, our slogan used to be uh, remote podcasting for professional podcasters or it used to be remote interviews for uh, professional podcasters and really we didn't mean just like professionals in the sense that you're getting paid from podcasting but really that you're a professional that you're coming at this from with a professional mindset and that you you're not doing this just as a hobby that's totally cool but that's not what we're we're looking to serve we're looking to pe people that really care about the quality they care about their audience they care about their guests and they're looking to use their podcast to grow their brand and authority Awesome. So where can people go learn more about your company? Obviously. So tell me where, where they can go find it. If you're on social media, where they can go find that as well. Yeah. So, um, check out the, the website at squadcast.fm. 
Uh, and there you can find everything to know about the product. We have plenty of tutorials and videos to learn how to use it from, uh, from soup to nuts. We also have a, a bunch of free goodies on there. We have like a remote interview checklist. We have a webinar on how to book um, uh, guests on your podcast. Um, and then also you can start, uh, you can use Squadcast. If you sign up, you get a seven day trial for free. So it's squadcast.fm. And then all of our socials are at squadcast.fm. Awesome. That's great. And I just lastly want to say thank you so much for taking the time in your busy schedule, talking to me and listening, our listeners who is going to be listening to it later on. And I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll leave the floor up to you. Anything else you want to say about yourself, your company, more importantly, because people I think will be more <laughs> interested in that because they are podcasts. Like I want to get the greatest platform out there. Please go right in. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate the time, and I'm, I'm, you know, stoked for the opportunity to share my story with your audience. And you know, if they have anything else that they want to talk to me about, you can reach me at, uh, you know, at Rockwell Felder on all the major social platforms. And um, if you're interested in checking out Squadcast, would love to show you. And we, we're always happy to schedule practice sessions like you and me, Mark, had, where we we jump on a Squadcast session together and and talk about your podcast and you know, we see if we can help you out. So, you know, just reach out and, and um, we're really big on engaging with podcasters and just helping, helping everyone grow and, and, and get better. Awesome, Rockwell. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to working with you in the future. If not, guys, please check out squadcast.fm and they're the greatest company I have come to know as far as the recording goes. And then uh, everybody who I talk to on the Facebook groups and other people that I know of, and they're friends, friends, they're like, this is, these guys are great because they are one, you don't have to download anything. Number two, mm -hmm. people who are coming to your interview, they don't have to download anything, which is great. So it literally takes that pain away, then definitely go check them out. And thanks again for being on my podcast. Thank you so much. Hey guys, I just have a small thing that I want to ask you. If you really enjoyed this podcast and you found it valuable, make sure you follow wherever you're listening to it so that way you can get my new podcasts in your inbox or in your whatever app that you're listening to it. And also, I have a small gift for you that you can get for absolutely free by going to markkumar.com forward slash gift and there once you're there i have a really cool gift that i actually truly believe that you're gonna enjoy and benefit from there